This podcast is an audio recording of a live event. It may reference visual material that cannot be represented in this recording. It may also contain strong language and adult themes. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of ACME. Hello, um, that's a ridiculously hard act to follow now. Um, I, just, just to preempt it, I am not a musician. Um, I am not a lit studies person or a film studies person or anything. I come from the internet. Um, so I apologize also if I go into jargon and whatnot. Um, so this is my paper. I am talking about GIFs. Um, and so in a, today I'm going to talk about David Bowie in media, but as a, really in a sense, as a secondary media object. The works and representations I'm covering here are not those created by Bowie himself or by his collaborators or his directors and so on, but they're artifacts which are taken from pre-existing media, stripped of their context and presented in isolation, applied to new settings, subjects, practices and uses. And these range from music videos and concert performances to interviews, film and TV appearances, and the inspiration provided by lyrics, as well as by appearances, costumes and the various different elements of Bowie's career. And these have been adapted and appropriated within short visual loops online. Um, and in, these, in this presentation, I'm going to look at a few different examples and practices. I haven't got the details for the examples I'm showing in the slides, but I'm going to put them all up on my website a bit later as a kind of digital appendix, so you'll find them all then. Um, so yes, I talked about already. The subtitle of this paper is Visualizing David Bowie Fandom on Tumblr, although really this last bit could simply be on social media, um, because spaces like Twitter and Facebook have become increasingly happy to support formats like the animated GIF. Um, but I focused on Tumblr um, and on image and visual media repositories like Imgur and Giphy, um, because arguably this is where the most obvious and largest space for community and fandom reside. Um, Tumblr, if you're not familiar with it, is a quasi-blogging format where um, you can sign up, create a blog in seconds, and while you can post whatever you like, um, you can write thousands of words if you, if you want to, the norms of the platform tend towards the visual and the short. Um, there's also a strong culture of reblogging material, of sharing someone else's content with um, attribution. Um, and so this is where, in particular, the sharing um, economy and community of the GIF really comes to the fore. Um, it's a social media platform which thrives on the creation and appropriation of media and replication to new contexts where the sharing responses and screen captures from television shows as they happen or shortly afterwards, sometimes providing spoiler warnings, sometimes not. Um, creating fan fiction through selective editing of one or multiple sources um, and of employing visual media to stand in as a response to unrelated questions or situations through means like the reaction gif. Um, there are many sites dedicated to different shows, artists, and more. Um, amongst the extensive fan community of different, um, different contexts, there, there is a template in, in nomenclature for Tumblr sites of the fuck yeah name.tumblr.com. Uh, there is a fuck yeah David Bowie.tumblr.com, but I didn't actually check it out before I went up here, so Google at your peril. Um, and these foster various creative and communal expressions of fandom, identity creation, and more. And this isn't limited to pop culture either. Um, Tumblr in particular has been a particularly important platform for fostering um, and developing uh, LGBTQ identities. It's seen as a safe space in many ways. Um, and so this extends not, and, and obviously the GIFs can be appropriated for many different contexts and not just, this is a GIF of Bowie, so it must be about pop culture. It may be applied to stand in for other topics as well. 
the GIF itself, um, and I say GIF, I know that there, the creators have said that it's called GIF. Um, to hell with them, GIF sounds better. Um, uh, the GIF is a key element of internet culture and has occupied different places and implications in internet vernacular. Um, in the 90s, it was associated with things like animated under construction icons, bouncing hamsters, really obnoxious rotating 3D logos. It became, it worked because it was a small file format that could be used pretty easily. Um, as technology improved and bandwidth improved, GIFs were seen as kind of kitsch and tacky. Um, and got replaced with like really obnoxious flash intros to websites. Um, but its resurgence as a format um, is partly because it enables not just animation but looping. It's reformatting video content where the frame-by-frame -frame nature of video is more obvious. Um, there are particular conventions and practices around GIFs, such as using um, them for recording highlights of sports or screen capping TV. And most importantly, these can inspire other users to add content into existing GIFs. So in this talk, and I'm going to change the slide now, um, I'm, talk I'm examining the GIF the, as the animated GIF, the looping visual, as opposed to a standalone GIF, as a means for social media users to express fandom, commentary, play, creativity, and these elements in concert. Now, these are not the only practices or functions at hand, but these are what I've just chosen to cover here. Um, and similarly, the examples I'm about to show, and I promise you I am about to get to the GIFs, um, are not necessarily representative of all practices or the most popular content, but they are um, useful illustrations for these particular um, purposes. Um, they're also intertextual. Sorry, intertextual. They use existing media to pass comments and respond to other contexts. So while David Bowie is a common factor in each of the GIFs, they draw from different aspects of his career and are used for different purposes, and indeed demonstrate various degrees of user engagement in the creation of these media. There are at play then elements of fandom that are specific not just to Bowie, but to social media at large, um, of what people such as my colleague Gene Burgess have referred to as vernacular creativity, where new user-generated content responds to, is inspired by, and changes previous content, and what researchers here at the University of Melbourne have dubbed platform vernacular, where content responds to the various tropes, norms, affordances, logics, and cultures apparent on social media platforms. So I'm going to start with Bowie the Musician in terms of GIFs taken from his music videos. And I'm actually going to start talking about the GIF as tacky and low-key and kitsch with something that, to the best of my recollection, is actually whitewashed, uh, is absent from the exhibition downstairs. This is less Bowie the Musician, it's more of a performer, um, and especially um, this is a particular common source of Giffery, the 1985 collaboration with Mick Jagger on Dancing in the Street. So here we get exuberance, silliness, flamboyance, unabashed enjoyment and ridiculous, ridiculousness on loop. Stripped of audio and context, selections from the Dancing in the Street video um, <laughs> express fun without reservation. We get. We get two men enjoying each other's company, playing around in deserted streets and warehouses with particularly exaggerated dancing and memorable moves like Jagger's. But what we also get here is a focus on just how surreal and mad this all is. Explained by the fact perhaps that this, film, this video was filmed almost impromptu, prepared in a rush for a single release to benefit Live Aid. So we get Bowie and Jagger uh, larking around, this much is clear, uh, but sans audio and on loop, it just becomes more and more ridiculous the more you see it. Um, so here we get a new application of the media. It's not just a reference to an infamous video, but it's a punctuation mark that is added to other settings, introduced to unrelated narratives and conversations. I just love this one because it 
it suddenly, Jagger suddenly realized, oh wait, you're doing that? I'm going to do that too. <laughs> um, other gifts drawn from musical context <laughs> focus again on the performance. So we have this taken from an early 70s TV performance. Um, we have, these also reflect the um, individual user's own interests. So we have um, a particular focus in this one on some mid-90s pelvic action. Um, this is one of several GIFs in series. Um, similarly, this is a final GIF taken from a performance during the tour documented on stage um, where Bowie has just finished miming essentially self-fellatio on a big screen version of himself. Explains this. Um, <laughs> these can be condensed even further, so we get the very short loops of a facial gesture or tick which start moving beyond Bowie as subject and more Bowie as conduit for a particular emotion, response, or sentiment. We get the reaction GIF here where the emotions um, conveyed in the GIF are used to stand in for the user's own feelings. They provide a visual shorthand in place of text, and here the importance of Bowie himself might be secondary. At the very least, it offers multiple levels of meaning. First, the reaction, second, the context. And not everyone might be aware of these multiple levels, but the first one is obvious without explanation. Bowie's cameo in the film Zoolander might be of service here. Um, stripped of context, <laughs> Bowie is not reacting to Derek Zoolander or Hansel in the throes of their walk-off, but instead his gestures are responses to comments and topics relevant, relevant to the user employing and appropriating them. These offer more than just a still image of a raised eyebrow or grimace. These are appropriate too, but of, of course, but in getting full reaction, the raising of the eyebrow, the user's own response is clearer. Um, just as a side note too, it's obvious throughout these slides that there is variable qual image quality in these GIFs, and this is part of the culture too, um, in that the ability to create GIFs is made available to casual internet users through free services as well as through software and paid sites which can make better quality um, imagery. Reaction GIFs may also employ text to transcribe dialogue or the thoughts behind the depicted actions. As a purely visual format, GIFs are unable to support audio. Um, so when I told my dad about this paper, um, he was very disappointed in the title that I'd chosen because he thought that he had a better pun available. Um, so I note here, and I called my dad out on this, that while we are still waiting for the GIF of sound and vision, um, <laughs> In a sense, Vine, the app where six-second looping videos are created and shared, serves this purpose. In the absence of audio, then, we get the caption traditionally at the bottom of the image, whether taken from subtitles or added by the user, that show the missing dialogue. Um, when we talk about the man who made fear sexy, I don't think of 1970s David Bowie. Um, I think lots of people think of this. Um, this is obviously taken from a 1986 film Labyrinth, but again, like the Zoolander GIFs, has applications beyond referring to the film itself. You say that so often, I wonder what your basis for comparison is, is a retort that may be worked into conversation about a far greater range of topics than Jareth is responding to in the film. Like Zoolander, Labyrinth offers a wealth of applications here. And this extends from reaction GIFs to elements of favorite scenes, and indeed, general loops from a much-loved film. The formative experience of watching Labyrinth for many of my generation, for instance, may be reflected here. And this is not just seen in GIFs. If you search on Tumblr for posts tagged with Jareth, for instance, you'll find photos of fans cosplaying as the Goblin King, both male and female, um, particularly at the moment since San Diego Comic Con just happened. Um, I should also note that while I focused on GIFs here, um, which had their own connotations, for instance, Kate Miltner at the University of Southern California has argued about uh, the campness and the camp uh, qualities of GIFs. 
Um, they're not the only visual media featured on Tumblr or on social media at large. But what I argue is that there are various cultural logics at play within the repetition of the GIF, within the value of the loop, the emphasis on a particular action, reaction, or punchline, for instance, that are absent from other media. This is important to note since GIFs offer a, a different way of realizing fan practices, such as fan fiction of shipping and of slash fic. Uh, shipping refers to promoting two characters as potential or actual romantic or sexual partners. For instance, I ship Jareth and Hoggle, or I ship Bowie and Rono. Um, this often happens within fandom, so if you're familiar with the Twilight series, for instance, the Team Edward and Team Jacob factions arguing for a specific suitor for Bella is an obvious outlet for the desire of a desire for a particular pairing. But shipping also features couplings that the series creator has not discussed or contemplated, but which are arguably, arguably implied in subtext, uh, Dumbledore and Snape, perhaps. Slashfic takes this to sexually explicit ends, but I'll let you explore that for yourselves. In Labyrinth, then, there is an obvious fan-led focus on the relationship between Jareth and Sarah, and quite a possibly projection on the part of the fans themselves. Um, this also extends beyond the Labyrinth-specific setting, though. Shipping and fanfic can mix texts um, creating a continuity between texts of different eras and sources. So, for instance, uh, Jennifer Connolly is replaced by Emma Watson here, Sarah by Hermione Granger. This is a very different letter to Hermione. Um, and the common theme of magic creates a link between the two texts, um, which then becomes even more sexual and overt in this second one. <laughs> so we also get desires to be part of Bowie's world. Uh, I'm skipping a lot of this um, now because I suddenly realize I ran out of time. Um, we get commentary like this, which you can interpret as you will. Um, and then we get the bringing, bringing the gif, the focus back to Bowie because Bowie. Um, so we get people creating series out of photos, so again, not their own content, but bringing the, using the affordances of the gif to then explore their own creativity, so juxtaposing 1970s Bowie with 2013 Bowie creating their own artistic imp impressions of um, the Aladdin Sane cover, which then expand into, this, these are four, this is four different GIFs that then loop uh, in per perpetually to create this different endless remix of four different versions of Bowie. And because this is the many faces of David Bowie's session, um, and although this has been usurped a little bit, I feel like I really need to finish with this amazing piece by Helen Grain, um, that, was, that came out at the start of this year for Bowie's birthday, um, which really highlights both the creativity, even though this wasn't necessarily created as a GIF, it was, it's like 29 different images that have been, that have been looped as a digital flipbook. Um, it's just amazing and really expresses the creativity and the fandom at play, but is not just responding to um, previous texts, but making it their own as well. So these are my details. The full slides and everything will be up later. Thank you very much. You have been listening to an Acme podcast. For more recordings, go to soundcloud.com slash acmeonline or the Acme website. <laughs>